What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. Michigan has now joined 20 other states enacting red flag laws. Governor Gretchen Whitmer signed a series of bills today that would allow the courts to remove firearms from those believed to be a danger to themselves or others. That means a court can issue an extreme risk protection order after someone reports a concern about the gun owner to law enforcement. Surrounded by gun violence survivors, prevention advocates, and others, Whitmer offered these words before signing the bill into law today. These red flag laws create a preventative tool, a stopgap for loved ones, judges, and law enforcement. Judges can consider mental illness, criminal history, or the use of drugs or alcohol to hold the weapons if a threat is proven. After a period of time, gun owners are given an opportunity to show the courts they're not a threat and potentially get their weapons back. If the presidential race in 2024 comes down between President Biden and former President Trump, former Congressman Fred Upton believes a third-party candidate can pull off an, an upset. Upton says in 1992, Ross Perot showed another candidate other than a Democrat or a Republican could make a big difference. I was with President Bush the day that he found out that Ross Perot was going to run. And it really did cost his election, re-election. Perot took from the Bush voters. What we have seen from our polling is that we will take equally from both Biden and Trump. And therefore, there is a pathway where we can get 270. Upton's now involved with the No Labels movement, which also includes former Democratic Senator Joe Lieberman, who was considered by Republican John McCain to be a running mate in 2008 before he went with Sarah Palin. Upton made his comments to our morning show. The Bridge Academy in Benton Harbor held its legislative day today, and on hand as guest speaker was State Representative Joey Andrews. He spoke to a group of around 20 students, telling them he got involved in government when he felt previous elected officials weren't responding to local needs. Andrews also took questions. He told us it's important to reach out to young people. I just think it's important that kids get to engage as much as possible with the political process and make it not feel so distant and remote to them all the time. I think that people want to have their voices heard. They just don't always know how to have it done. And so hopefully this gives them that feeling. Andrews told students anyone can get involved just by volunteering, noting there's always a need. Student Ian Watson told us he was interested. It's definitely inspired me to like actually like want to do more and maybe put myself more out there to like get more into that stuff. But I think for right now, I'm just watch from afar and learn, learn more. Students asked Andrews about shoreline erosion, and he told them he's looking at having a state fund to address the issue. They also asked about what it's like to serve, and he said it's a 24-7 commitment that affects the whole family. Regarding recent developments, Andrew said he named debt relief for Benton Harbor area schools as a top priority in talks with the state house speaker. He said it looks like that will be coming with an announcement in a few weeks. Friday's annual state consensus revenue estimating conference has prompted State Senator Eric Nesbitt to renew his call for a prioritization of the surplus. He tells us the numbers released last week indicate state revenue is still strong and a recession is still a way off. However, with the state having a one-time $9 billion surplus, he says legislative Democrats are not thinking of the future. One of the areas that we need to continue to, to look at is what makes sense in the long term of, of our state instead of just the next budget. Nesbitt says the state should be paying down at debt and giving residents tax relief. Revenue still is strong. The job market still is tight. But with young families moving out of the state, that presents even more challenges at our job market and businesses here in Michigan. Nesbitt says the governor's budget proposal would have have to be pared back by about $900 million after the conference last week. 
He notes Republicans proposed 170 budget amendments that were all rejected by Democrats while they crafted the next budget. Lakeshore Public Schools has found a replacement for outgoing high school principal Jeff Yockstetter. Gerald Holtgren, the former director and principal of Niles New Tech Entrepreneurial Academy, has been named the new high school principal at Lakeshore. Holtgren earned a bachelor's degree from Bethel College and his master's from Grand Valley State University. He's been a committee member for the Michigan STEM Network and has led district-level training on professional learning communities and STEM education. Last year, he presented to the State House on school culture and safety. Holtgren says it's an honor to be part of the Lakeshore School community, and Superintendent Greg Eating says the district's very excited for the experience and leadership that he'll provide to the school. A suspect involved in the shooting of a home in St. Joseph back in January has been sentenced to 270 days in jail. The Berrien County Prosecutor's Office tells us 31-year-old Chantal Baker was sentenced by Judge Angela Pasula today. She was one of uh, two suspects arrested after shots were fired at a home in the 1000 block of Church Street on January 21st. There were two people inside, but neither was hurt. In addition to the 270 days in jail, Baker was sentenced to three years probation. ESS Six Degrees Resale, previously known as Six Degrees, is open to new location in Benton Harbor. Emergency Shelter Services Director Rochelle Hawkins tells us they just held the grand opening for the new store at 53 West Wall Street. That's after they decided to move following the pandemic. We were at another facility, so we wanted to do a rebrand and we wanted to just do an upscale of some of the items that we were selling. We just wanted a new look. The old location was on Main Street. Hawkins says ESS Six Degrees Resale is a way for people to donate unneeded and gently used items to help others. We're trying to help fight homelessness in Barron County. And so we also not just sell items, but if there's people that are experiencing homelessness that may have been burned out, evicted, they may not have anything, lost everything. So we're able to supply some of those needs as well. All the items sold in the shop are donated. Hawkins says they have everything from furniture to clothing to knickknacks. Everyone's welcome to go and check out the new location. It's open Mondays through Saturdays. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Hours before their early evening sit-down, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy told reporters today he believes that he and President Biden may be able to work out a debt, debt ceiling deal before the June 1st default deadline. More from ABC's Justin Finch. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy sounding upbeat about Monday's round of one-on-one debt talks with President Biden. I think we, could, we can get a deal tonight, we can get a deal tomorrow, but you've got to get something done this week to be able to pass it. Talks between the White House and Republican leadership stalled over the weekend as the sides struggled to find common ground on key points, including work requirements for federal aid programs and military spending. Without a deal soon, the Treasury Secretary warns the U.S. could begin failing to pay all of its debts by June 1st. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. If the debt crisis roiling Washington were eventually to send the U.S. crashing into recession, America's economy would hardly sink alone. The repercussions of a first-ever default on the federal debt would quickly reverberate around the world. Orders for Chinese factories that sell electronics to the U.S. could dry up. Swiss investors who own U.S. treasuries would suffer losses. Sri Lankan companies could no longer deploy dollars as an alternative to their own dodgy currency. Moody's Analytics has concluded even if the debt limit were breached for no more than a week, the U.S. economy would weaken so much so fast as to wipe out one and a half million jobs. 
Republican Senator Tim Scott has thrown his hat into the presidential race at a rally in Charleston. More if maybe he's Derek Dennis. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott making history as a black Republican announcing his candidacy for president in 2024. He says the policies of President Biden and other Democrats are hurting the country. They're attacking our American values, our schools, our economy, and our security. But not on my watch. Not on my watch. Scott is the first black senator elected from the South since Reconstruction and faces a field of Republican presidential contenders with former President Trump, the GOP frontrunner. Derek Dennis, ABC News. A judge has entered not guilty pleas for a man charged in the stabbing deaths of four University of Idaho students. The police potentially set the stage for a trial in which he could face the death penalty. Uh, Brian Koberger declined to enter pleas on his own behalf in today's arraignment. He was arrested late last year and charged with burglary and four counts of first-degree murder in connection with the November 13, 2022 killings. Prosecutors have 60 days to announce whether they will seek the death penalty. At the time of the murders, the 28-year-old Kohlberger was a graduate student studying criminology at nearby Washington State University. The governor of Nebraska has signed a combined bill that bans abortion at 12 weeks and bans gender-affirming health care for minors. Morph, maybe he's Alex Stone. It was such a heated battle in the Nebraska legislature last week that Democrats and Republicans say it may scar them from ever working together again. Conservative state lawmakers got just enough votes to end a filibuster and to approve it. With Governor Jim Pillen's signature, it takes effect immediately. This is the most significant win for social conservative agenda agenda in over a generation of say Nebraska. Nebraska's 12-week abortion ban includes exceptions for rape, incest, and to save the life of the mother. Alex Stone, EBC News. More Texas women who were told they could not end pregnancies with fatal fetal anomalies or that endangered their health are challenging the state's restrictive abortion laws. They're asking a Texas court to put an emergency block on some abortion restrictions and joining a lawsuit launched earlier this year by five other women in the state who were denied abortions. That's despite pregnancies that they say endangered their health or lives. More than a dozen Texas women in total have joined the Center for Reproductive Rights lawsuit against the state's law. It prohibits abortions unless a mother's life is at risk, an exception that's not clearly defined. Rideshare company Uber is launching a new service for teenagers in several major cities. More from Derek Dennis. Help for parents with children who need separate transportation. Uber is testing a new feature allowing teens to have their own Uber rides. Parents and guardians in 28 cities in the U.S. and Canada create a family profile and then add their teens between 13 and 17 years old to their accounts. Ruth Stern, an Arizona mother of two, testing it out on ABC's Good Morning America. I could get my child home safely from a location and still be with my other child. Uber partnered with the nonprofit Safe Kids Worldwide to address safety concerns, including background checks on drivers and PIN numbers that make sure teens are getting into the right Uber car. Derek Dennis, ABC News. Arizona, California, and Nevada today proposed the deal to significantly cut their water use from the drought-stricken Colorado River over the next three years. It's a potential breakthrough and a stalemate over how to deal with a rising problem that pitted western states against each other. The plan would conserve an additional 3 million acre feet of water from the 1,400-mile river that provides water to 40 million people in seven U.S. states, as well as parts of Mexico and more than two dozen Native American tribes. Cities, irrigation districts, and Native American tribes in the three states will receive federal funding in exchange for temporarily using less water, but officials did not say how much funding individual users in the states would get. And an enormous alligator found in a residential neighborhood near the Texas coast over the weekend. 
now has a new home. ABC's Jim Ryan says the reptile tips the scale at over a half ton. In a community where alligators do occasionally come up from the bayous. I've never seen one that big up close. Cornelius Gregg Jr. called the police from the safety of his car. The police brought in gator wrangler Timothy DeRamus. An alligator this age could uh, knock my leg off real easy. Doremus measured the alligator at 11 feet and estimated its age at about 85 years. The animal will not be made into boots and belts, but has been taken to a gator rescue facility where even larger alligators live. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.